Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. What's your battle plan? How many knows we're in a battle? Okay, me and Judy. Okay. How many knows we're in a battle? Come on. We're a participatory congregation tonight. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. We're in a battle. This nation is in a battle. And if we don't do our part as believers, we may very well lose this nation. And I'm not trying to scare you, but I, I've read verbiage in congressional acts that are going to try to be passed, and it's not good. Right? Now, I'm going to lay a little bit of a foundation of scriptures that you already know, so don't, don't, don't get lost. Okay, don't, don't check out on me, okay? Um, I was here at the church, and uh, Angie was uh, watching Case, and you know what? We should have had y'all pray for Emma. She had tubes in her ears today, so pray for her. We, uh, Angie had Case, and I had come to see him before his mom came, pick him up before we went to see Emma, and I just kind of took a snooze, <laughs> snooze on the couch a couple times. And, of course, Angie was there, and Kaysen was there, and she said, are you, are you going to make sure you're awake during your sermon tonight? <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. But uh, Emma's doing good. She's home, but she's doing well, and uh, we thank God for that. Amen. I'm going to lay the foundation here. Very uh, familiar passage of Scripture. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Okay. He has given those offices for a specific reason, and he tells us what it's for. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay, I want to confess something to you. On behalf of the pastoral staff of this church, we can't do it all. We've got to have your help. We've got to have your help. Because if we tried to do it all, it'd kill us. It, it would kill us. But God has set these offices in church for Verse 12, the perfecting the saints, work of the ministry, edifying of the body of Christ. Now, perfecting, it doesn't necessarily mean perfect, but it means, are you ready for this? For the perfecting of the saints, for the completely furnishing of the saints. Completely furnishing of the saints. Now, what's, a, what's one thing you think about when you think about furnishings? Furniture, you think of your house. Completely furnishing your house. In other words... You get, when you first start off anyway, you get what you need, okay? You get what you want later, but you get what you want, or what you need right now. So we need to be completely furnished as far as God is concerned. The word work there, work, the work of the ministry simply means to labor. How many like to labor? That's exactly right, and I'm one of them. I, you know... If, if it ain't light, it ain't right. And I know it's talking about burdens, but that might be work too. My, my, my uh, opinion of work is to work smarter, not harder. If there is a dolly around, I'm not going to carry something heavy. If there's a big guy around, I'm not going to carry something heavy. You hear what I'm saying? So the word work there means to labor. So why did he give them all? He gave the, the apostles and the prophets, pastors and teachers and preachers for us to furnish you with the word of God and teaching so that you can do what? Are you ready? Luke 10, 2. Therefore he said unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. 
Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Remember, none of us, we all confess, none of us like laboring. But can I tell you, witnessing for Jesus is labor intensive sometimes. Because you go to their house or you call them or you text them or time after time after time after time after time again with no reciprocation and how many knows that's just kind of tiring anybody okay so what do you do when that happens you keep texting them you keep calling them you keep asking them to come to church you remember what pastor halls always said that uh, joyce votaw had, had went to the lawrenceburg church is that right sister Hall? she was in the lawrenceburg church she had knocked on brenda hall's door time and time and time again inviting them to church and brenda god bless her heart said no now, Brenda's a sweet lady. She's in the presence of the Lord. But she said no. So, two things happened. And can I tell you that even when you can't see him, he's working. Because he was working on Brenda Hall as much as he was Joyce Votaw. And I just realized that rhymed. Anyway. Because what happened was, is Joyce had knocked on that door so many times, so many times, she had already decided, okay, I'm going to knock one more time. And then if she doesn't come, that's it, you know. Have, have, you, ever, have you ever done that and, and they didn't come? Have you ever kind of said, okay, I'm going to try one more time. If not that, I'm not going to do it anymore. Anybody? I have a time or two. But you know what? Brenda Hall said, if she knocks one more time and asks me, we're going to go to church. And look what happened. Look what happened. That decision that process that the Holy Spirit used has changed our lives. Amen? Because the, 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 the Father has brought in an apostle and brought in a pastor that loves people. Sometimes I don't know how he does it. I'll just be honest with you. Because there are times, and one thing Pastor Hall has taught me is, he has taught me mercy. Because there's times I've wanted to give people stuff that they deserved. But I didn't because he taught me well. So my point is this. You have to be furnished with the things that God has provided for you to go into the harvest field. And now understand, it's not just you that have to go into the harvest field. We have to go into the harvest field too. But we can't do it all by ourselves. So what is your battle plan? Let's go a little bit further. In 2 Peter <clears throat> uh, chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That person that just really grates on your last nerve at work, Jesus loves them. And it's not his will for, the, for them to perish. Well, pst, I'm not going to witness to him. Careful. I have learned never to say never in ministry. I have. Because I've had to eat those words so many times. But it's not God's will for any of them to perish. And we all deserve another chance. Because my mind goes back to the chances that I had time and time and time again. And early on in my Christian walk, 
there were three ladies that were instrumental in my Christian walk, and Emma Hall was one of them. Her nickname is Tootsie. That's what I, you know, that's what I call her. But she was very instrumental, so pray for her. She, she needs a touch from the Lord. But it's not God's will for any to perish. That's why we need to labor in the field. That's why we need to come to the house of the Lord and be furnished with the things that he has provided through the power of his spirit and the power of the word. Amen? I'm talking about what's your battle plan. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, For the weapons, and I'm, keep in mind, I'm still laying the foundation. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If we're not careful, we'll skip right over that scripture. If we're not careful, we'll, we'll skip right over Ephesians 4. Because we've heard it so many times. We've heard, you know what? Anybody remember when Pastor Hall got saved? He got saved on the second Sunday night in November of 1971. He was eight years old, and what happened is it was after service, and evidently the Lord was convicting him because he went up and tugged on the elbow of Sister Emma Camus, and she stopped what she was doing and said, hey, everybody, Tommy Hall wants to be saved. How do I know that? Because he's told us that time and time and time again. Do you ever get tired of it? Don't ever get tired of somebody's story. Because I'm telling you, in 10 and 20 and 30 years down the road, it's going to help you. Every week, every week, when I went to the Franklin Avenue Church of God and the Frank, or the cathedral, when I, we, we were going out there, I'd get the newsletter. And every week, every week, I knew what it said. The first line it said, Jesus Christ is still the hope of the world. How do they know that? Because it was every week. And I'm thinking, and I thought, I thought, can't he come up with something else? But can I tell you at 59, that's one of the greatest messages he could ever proclaim, is that Jesus Christ is still the hope of the world. So don't ever get tired of, of people's story. And I encourage you, if you got something else planned for Sunday, cancel it. You need to be here because uh, the hoppers are going to tell the story. I'd cancel. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'd cancel what you're doing as long as you're here, right? What's your battle plan? What's the battle plan? This book can never, ever get old to us because when this book begins to get old to us, then our hearts are going to be start to, to become crusty. And what will happen is we'll allow that crust to sweep over our heart time and time and time again to where we don't even acknowledge his word. And I know I say this a lot, but church, we have to be thankful for the presence of God that's in this house and the pastor that we have. Because there's not very many pastors, and I'm talking about Sister Hall too, that would stand up here like they did Sunday and pour their heart out to you. Amen. There's not. And there's not a whole lot of churches that allow God to move in this house. And I want to encourage you that whenever the presence of the Lord comes in this place, if you're comfortable, fill this altar. If you're not comfortable, that's okay. But please don't judge me if I come up here and I want to worship him. Because he's worthy of worship. How often? Day and night. Night and day. Good times and bad times. What's your battle plan? The Lord has a plan for each one of us. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What's your weapons? It's an implement. It's a utensil. It's a tool. And it's an instrument. And it means in an offensive way. That means we attack the enemy, he doesn't attack us. Okay? 
So why, why would that word weapon mean all those different things? Can I tell you that it's saying that because I'm going to ask you this. What's in your hand? I was going to say, what's in your wallet, did you? Mm -hmm. Seriously, what's in your hand? In other words, what's your talent? What can you do good? You take that and you use it as a weapon against the enemy. Well, all I can do is pray. Are you kidding? Well, all I can do is this or that. Find out what you're good at and then use it as a weapon, as an instrument, as a utensil to fight the enemy. The weapons of our warfare, the warfare simply it means military service, but it also means apostolic career. Isn't that, isn't that wild? And it means hardship and danger. Because when an apostle goes before us, he, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's not easy to lead. Okay, And sometimes there's danger out there that he may or may not know about, but that God drives us through it so we know that we have a leader that we can depend on, and he has a leader he can depend on, being Father God. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal. Carnal, refusing to believe in the existence of God. Not reformed. Now, I could stop there. Okay, That word carnal, I could stop right there. But do you know that word Carnal also means stubborn and obstinate. Now, how many of us have been carnal this week? Oh, that's it. Don't be acting all holy. Thank you, Judy. Me and Judy. Me and Judy. There, I've been, it's been a couple of times I've been obstinate. I'll admit it, you know. That's when you, you get into the carnal things. The word mighty, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Let me bring it to you this way. For the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but they are powerful. The weapons of our warfare are capable, they're able, they're possible, they're strong. The weapons of our warfare are absolutely made to defeat the devil. I'm talking about what's your battle plan. What's your battle plan? And it's for the pulling down of strongholds. It's for the pulling down of strongholds. It is for the pulling down of strongholds. Let me put it this way. It's for the demolition of strongholds. It's for the destruction of strongholds. It's for the extinction of, of, of strongholds. And what is extinction? You kill it till it no longer exists. I'm talking about what's your battle plan. What is your battle plan? Let's go just a little bit further. Can I tell you that the Lord has plans for you? Every one of us can quote Jeremiah 29, 11. Every one of us. For I know, and I'm going to read it because I can't. For I know the plans that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts. That word means plan. Plans of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Psalm 33, 11, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. We could skip right over that verse. Let me read it to you again. The counsel, advice, of the Lord stand forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. It is our responsibility to give to the next generation the counsel of God. It is their responsibility to give their, their next generation the counsel of God. And just for the grandparents, we are to step into and give our counsel to the next generation and then the next generation, and if there's any more after that. What's your battle plan today? What's your battle plan for this week? What's your battle plan for your family today? Uh, verse, uh, Psalm 5, chapter 40, verse 5 says, Many, O Lord, my God, 
are thy wondrous, wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts, plans, which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee if I would declare and speak of them that they are more than can be numbered. Now, I'll be honest with you. I read that scripture. I got lost. I got lost in the word reckon. I didn't just get lost. So I went to the uh, Revised Standard Version. It says, Thou hast multiplied, O Lord, my God, thy wondrous deeds and thy thoughts, thy plans toward us. None can compare with thee. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be numbered. Can you say amen? The, the thoughts, the plans that God has for us can be more, numbered more than we can even number. Again, what's your battle plan? When you go into battle, you've got to have equipment. The very first thing you've got to have is you've got to have a good prayer life. Period. There's no way around it. You've got to have a prayer life. I'll go ahead and give you number two. We'll get to that later. It's reading the Word. But you've got to have a good prayer life. Most of the time, when people are having troubles, they're having issues, I'll say, okay, how's your prayer life and your Bible reading? And you know what I hear nine times out of ten? Well, my praying's going okay, but my Bible reading's not so good. Okay? They go together like peanut butter and jelly. They go together... And you can name all sorts of different things. But you've got to spend time in prayer. I pray a lot in the car, okay? But there are just times that praying in the car, don't, don't crack it. You've got to get alone with God. You've got to spend that time with Him. Don't worry about how long it is. Just take that time and spend with Him. The more you do it, the more you'll enjoy it. The more it becomes a habit. And the more it will be ingrained in you. That should be part of your battle plan. Pray. The Bible says in Mark 1.35. Oh, Lord. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Now, I personally, I don't care when you pray. But you need to spend time in prayer. And, and I can understand the Lord wanting to get up early because I think sometimes we, as believers, we think, okay, Jesus was all man and he was all God, but there was a time when he was born, he took off the godly part and became man, 100% man. How do I know that? Because he had to rely on the Holy Spirit to lead him into the wilderness, Right? So at that point, he was all man. That's the reason he needed help from the Father, because he was all man. So he decided to get up early to pray. I understand that. When, when nobody's up and around about, it's quiet. You know, when I'm here at church, a lot of times I'll get more things done in the morning because as the day goes, day goes on, the phone rings or people stop by, whatever. But you need to pray. And I, I, I love you. That's the reason I'm going to say this. There is absolutely no excuse for us not to pray, period. If you don't have a good prayer life, here's what you do. You repent, ask him to forgive you, and start the prayer life. It's not hard. Yeah, but, you know, I work so much. I work 50 and 60 and 70 hours a week. I come home. There's the kids. There's the laundry. There's this and, and all that. I get it. I get it. I, I, watch, I watch what my wife, wife does. I do. 
But when we stand before God, I, I just can't imagine saying, okay, you know, I just, that remote just, you know, it just kept clicking on the TV shows that I liked. And when the Holy Spirit would speak to me and say, it's time to pray. And I just, I just didn't. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't imagine standing before God and saying that. I'm talking about what's your battle plan. Your first action of battle should be to pray. Luke 5, 16, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Jesus found out, not found out, Jesus knew it was important to pray. Because he had to have the help of the Father. Could he have sinned? Absolutely. Could he have succumbed to the temptations of the enemy? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what drove him to righteousness and holiness his whole life was his love for the Father. I was reading earlier today. He said, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Folks, he didn't want to go to the cross. Why? He was human. He was human, and he did not want to go to the cross. Especially after the religious folk made fun of him, mocked him, and beat him. I just can't imagine looking... I just can't imagine looking back at them and saying, honey, I forgive you. I, I mean, I guess I could, but it'd take a while, Judy. It really would. It'd take a while. But I don't want to be left thinking I should have forgiven them and Jesus leave me when he comes back. I don't want to be left. What is your battle plan today? Number two, reading the Word. Reading the Word. Read the Word. You know, whenever... Um, I read the Old Testament. Well, and I do this in the New Testament now, and I've, I've told you all this before. When I sit down to read the Word, I have audio on my computer, and I click that audio. I use Audacity for you guys that are software folk. I use Audacity, bring up the chapter. That way I can stop it if I want to reread it or underline it or go back and hear it again. But that just kind of helps me comprehend it better. And I started that a long time ago when I got in the Old Testament, and May hear how Shali Hashbash, you know, that one word in the, in, the, in the Old Testament you can never pronounce. But I did that just to hear how they pronounce those things. But it's important for you to read the Word of God. Uh, we tried to tell the guys when they were at the house before they got married, you know, I'd, I'd look back at them or Angie looked back at them and, and, and they'd, they'd be like this. The pastor would be preaching. They'd be like this. Like this. And they said they were reading the Word on the phone. I told them, I said, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But perception is a great big thing. I mean, it's a great big thing, you know? And, and I, nine times out of ten, a lot of times, when you see me grab from my phone or, or you see me grab from my iPad, I'm looking up a scripture really fast because my fat little fingers can't get to the scripture quick enough in this book. But I, <laughs> thank you. But there's something about getting into his word and asking him to speak to you. And let me tell you, folks, he will speak to you if you let him, if you have that listening ear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. It means make an effort. Make an effort. If you put forth the effort, God's going to bless it. 
that is to me so simple. Why can't I grasp that? Why can't we grasp that together? It means to be prompt or earnest. It means to give diligence. It also means to labor. There's that word again. There's sometimes it's laborious to read the word of God. Right? But if you stick with it and you allow him to speak to you, he will bring to fruition those things. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Okay? The only way that the word of God's going to come out of us is if it goes into us. Okay? So, study to show thyself approved. Approved simply means properly, it means acceptable, and it means tried. When you read the Word of God and you live this Christian walk, your, your faith will be tried. Know that. The trying of your faith worketh. The trying of your faith worketh. The trying of your faith worketh. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, let it sink in. The trying of your faith worketh patience. How many have run out of patience this week? Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Lauren. Okay, the rest of you are so holy that we just have to go repent. <laughs> I saw you ladies. Thank you. Rightly dividing the word of truth. It means to dissect correctly. In other words, don't pull a scripture out and let it apply to what you're going for unless you know what the scripture before and the scripture after means. Always make sure that you rightly divide the word of truth. Psalm 119, 101. I'm trying to hurry. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. We'll go a little bit further. Psalm 119, 105. We could quote it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I'm going to remind you again. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a lamp unto my feet. It means I can see, or he's guiding every footstep, every footstep, and a light unto my path. He can let me see just a little bit further through his word as he reveals his word to us. Amen. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them. Make holy. Purify. Oh, God, purify me through your word. Anybody else praying that? Father, in the name of Jesus, Acts 4, 29, and now... Lord, behold their threatenings. Now watch this. We're talking about reading the word. Okay, We're talking about getting it in us. Because if it goes in us, it goes out of us. Okay, I've said this term several, several times. G-I-G-O. Not gigolo. G-I-G-O. Anybody know what that term means? Garbage in, garbage out. That's a computer term. You put garbage into a computer, garbage is going to come out of it. You put garbage in here, guess what? Garbage is going to come out. Okay? In other words, if you come up on somebody that's oh, part-time Christian and part-time cusser, there's a cusser in there. There's no way to it. If you come across somebody that's a part-time Christian and they're 20, their tongue is 20 miles long, that means there's a gossip. There's a gossip in there. So whatever you put in is going to come out. And let me add this to the remote. Whatever you watch is going to go in. So it will eventually come out. We've got to be careful. What's your battle plan? The battle plan needs to start with praying. Pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Does that mean 24 hours a day? No. But it means to pray about everything that you need him to move in. And even some things you don't need to move him, but you want people to be blessed. Amen. Amen. 
And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Are you bold in speaking the word? And I'm not talking about, and I'm not saying that just because Brandon said it, but I'm not talking about just us preachers preaching it. I'm talking about are you bold in speaking the word over your situation, over your family, or to somebody at Walmart and Kmart? I, I, I get so frustrated when everybody around you is cursing and, and I don't believe in God and all this, but you stand for righteousness and bless Pat if they don't try to attack you with everything they've got. That you speak the word of God with boldness. That means to be outspoken. That means to be frank. Frankness. It means to be blunt. Sometimes you need to tell people what you're doing is not right. It also means publicity. Interesting, isn't it? And it also means with confidence. And it also means plainly. People of this world can tell a fake a mile off. As long as you make sure that what you say is backed up by how you live, you'll be fine. So the battle plan so far, pray. Pray. Spend time in prayer. Spend time with Him. Number two, read the Word. And I'll get to number three next week, but I want to encourage you that as you walk this walk, the battle plan is to pray and to read and to know the voice of God. Stand with me, would you please? Thank you for listening today to The Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.